welcome to the Bad Book Reviews Podcast, a discussion on bad reviews of books loathed with the authors who wrote them. I'm your host, Alexis DeWeese. This is not a chance for writers to exert revenge against cruel reviewers, but instead a place to discuss how we talk about books we don't enjoy, dish about the books we actually love, laugh a little about the oddities of the internet, and find a grain of truth in some rough critique. Welcome to the Bad Book Reviews podcast. I'm Alexis DeWeese, and this week I'm joined by the patron saint of our show, Allison Hodgson. We'll get into how that works shortly. Allison is a humorist, grandmother of an Instagram famous pug, and author of The Pug List. She has written regularly for House.com and has also been featured in Women's Day magazine on Forbes.com and Christianity Today Women. She's the co-founder of the Breathe Christian Writers Conference and has a lot to say to her more disappointed readers. I'm so excited to welcome her to the show. Thanks for being here, Allison. Thanks for having me. Yes. So you have been in internet writing world for a long time, and the pug list was a long time in the making as well. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your journey in writing and publishing? Okay. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of a cogent way to say it Um, (laughs) because it's convoluted. and The best ones are. Oh, good night. And it involves, and this is not hyperbole, uh, several disasters. So, um, I, I considered like, like many people, I thought of myself as a writer when I was really young Mm -hmm. and I didn't let the fact that I didn't write a ton, um, conflict with that. Mm -hmm. That wasn't a conflict for me. Mm -hmm. It is curious because at different points, in my life, whenever I get serious about writing, you know, and be submitting like back in the olden days, mm-hmm. when you had to send a self-addressed stamped envelope and something would come and disrupt my world. And, uh, so I, when I was a young mother with a few kids at home, um, it was finally at a point in my life where I, I wasn't writing at all. Mm-hmm. At all. And, Finally, the discomfort of not writing uh, outpaced the fear of not writing as well as mm-hmm. I wanted to. It was in the early days of uh, blogging. It was like 2004, 2005. And I thought I had friends who were blogging. So I started blogging. And um, for me, it was just practice. It was like I knew if I just I just need to make this a practice in the sense of a part of my daily life, you know, whatever um, whatever may occur. Mm -hmm. And so I did. And then I had the great fortune, Orly Craker, I go to church with her and, you know, I told her that I write Mm -hmm. and she sort of dismissed that because, you know, if you do write, everybody tells you they write or they'll tell (laughs) you, you know, oh, everybody tells me I should write a book, you know? And it's like, who, you know, some people (laughs) say, who told you that, you know? But So she kind of dismissed that. And then she read something I wrote. And she, she said to me, you can write. And I said, yeah, I know. And she goes, but <laughs> no, you don't get it. So she really wanted to use my story mm-hmm. in a book. And, um, I didn't want her to cause it was my story. And so she bribed me and she, <laughs> said, you know, I'll, I'll take you out for coffee. You know, please let me use this Aww. story and I will tell you everything I know about publishing. Ooh, and I said, it's a good bribe. So, Sold. It was very good, Brian. And, um, and then we became friends and she's really, I call her my Jewish writing mother. And (laughs) 
she really raised the bar. Like if you're a writer of any sort, the hope is that you'll be published someday. But she made getting a book published just what you do. Brought it down to earth for me instead Mm -hmm. of this um, lofty goal. It was, well, you just figure out what your book is about and then you write it and then you, you know, submit it. But they, my actual publishing journey is is very convoluted. And um, and my first book, my book idea was a spiritual memoir okay. about, now this was, you know, a long time ago, more than 10 years ago, um, about motherhood and shame. And that's before Brene Brown's TED Talk on shame. She'd written books about shame and I used her material to educate myself. But my whole story is, you know, just my own wrestling with my own resistance and then just pushing through it. And and then some real disasters. I don't want to say it all worked out. You know, <laughs> it all happened for a reason. Yeah. That's not my message mm-hmm. today or any day. Uh, <laughs> but it got me to where I had this idea. You know, I, I had, you know, an arsonist set my house on fire. And that's when I set aside the motherhood and shame book. Because I was just so busy mm-hmm. struggling to be a decent mom. And really, you know, um, dealing with some traumatized kids and, you know, fighting insurance, mm-hmm. you know, I had a lot. And, yeah. and then that dumped on the shame. Like I just had this like, Oh, there you go again. You know, you're, you're ruining this great opportunity. Cause I'd had, um, I, an agent had asked to look at it. And so I was finally going to finish a proposal, but I just think that book, some books just kind of, you just know what the desire line is mm-hmm. and you, they kind of mentally, fall open in your, your mind. Like you have the spine, even if you have to wrestle out the actual chapters, mm. it's just, it's like in your mind, a book just falls open. And that, that's how it was for me. So I had this idea for a book when I was pitching my agent, mm. I, I had, I'd been in a terrible car accident and this was after an arsonist had set my house on fire. You know, normal everyday things, you know, w- what you do. Uh-huh. I had a head injury and this agent approaches me and asked me what I have. And I had this um, etiquette book I'd been working on. Mm-hmm. And then I'd had, I also had this cat book that an, uh, an editor, an acquisitions editor had asked me to write. So I set aside the etiquette book, was working on this book about a cat, which I know sounds really weird, but he was an extraordinary figure and he does not, mm-hmm. he, he, um, he deserved a book written about it. And I knew, I knew I was, I knew I was at least going to write a picture book. Um, but when she asked me to write a memoir about him, I was like, yes. <laughs> so, um, I have a head injury. The agent's asking me what my projects are. I had a completed proposal on the etiquette book. And I said, I have sample chapters for this cat book. And as soon as I said it, she goes, well, I'd need a bio and, you know, um, a couple more things. Oh, mm-hmm. analysis, you know, market analysis. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, that's actually really hard oh, yeah. to, to cogently explain how your book is like a New York Times bestselling book, except yours is better. And for those who like don't know what a market analysis is, essentially like agents are asking um, you to say, like, like you're saying, like justify your book, like how, who's, who's it going to sell to? Um, whose book is it like? Um, basically saying like, this is a good financial risk to invest and publish my book. Um, yeah, you're creating an argument for whatever editor believes in your project mm-hmm. to sell to the sales team. That's essentially. Mm-hmm. So in that I was led to 
um, doing that, you know, Amazon led me from one heartwarming story about a cat, eventually to a heartwarming story about a dog and then another, (laughs) and then something just, I think it was a line like, um, you know, we didn't rescue, which is a very common thing for people to say. I didn't rescue um, Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell rescued me. You know, whatever the, you know, the dog's name was. And just something in my mind. And I looked down and something that had occurred to me is usually by the time you get to the point where you write about an animal, Mm -hmm. the animal says, you go into any sort of animal book knowing your heart's going to be broken. And um, in the aftermath of our fire, my daughter wanted to rescue a pug and Mm -hmm. she did. It was, and all of a sudden, like, it was like, boom the book just fell open in my, in my concussed brain. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, but I was right. And it was, and, and that's the pug list today. No, that's awesome. And so essentially the, um, the pug list is just the story of that, your family recovering from the trauma of the fire and the car accident and that journey. Um, but before the book was published, uh, you guys reached a certain level on Instagram that at that point was not was not super common. So why don't you tell me a little bit about that, how that came to be? Well, um, yeah, I uh, the marketing director at Zondervan said, you need to get Oliver on Instagram. And this was so not my thing, <laughs> not my thing, you know, and and she said, have Eden do it. That's my daughter who mm-hmm. features in the book. And, um, and this was on- in the early days of Instagram as well. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And so, um, <laughs> so Eden and I together set up his account. Mm-hmm. It's in his voice, the real pug Oliver. And, um, very worth the follow. We'll link in show notes. Thank you. And, um, and then Eden, God bless her. She has chutzpah and, um, Whereas I'm very, you know, a democratic person in life, in different areas, I'm very, um, like, I know my place, you know, where I'm like, I would not be tagging, you know, the people who tag, you know, Mm -hmm. celebrities. And it's like, oh, that's sad. You know, it's pride. (laughs) It's really pride, you know? And she tagged a prominent account and, um, in something. And I think it was like a beauty, con- like a beauty contest. Like what makes me beautiful? Our pug. And she wrote <laughs> in the early days. She and I were both writing it before, you know, she abandoned that. And um, so, and then he gave us a shout out and it was one of those things where, you know, Eden got on and she's like, wait a minute. And we had like, we gained, I don't know how many followers, you know, like boom. And so, um, yeah. So he, he was an early, Oliver was an early um, adopter and, and he did well, although in pug circles, you know, he's no great shakes, you know, like (laughs) we have many friends who have many, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers. Yeah. I had no idea the pug culture on Instagram until I started following. And then suddenly like Instagram just starts like suggesting all of these pug accounts, like seriously, for anyone listening, if you want to go down a really great rabbit hole, pugs of Instagram, it's, it's a thing. Well, yeah. And no joke, like no joke. I made, I made this profound shift. At first I went from like, that's weird. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh my gosh. Like pugs are who you want to follow yes. on. Yeah. You know, they're not braggarts. Many of them are dapper, but so many of them have 
amazing senses of humor. And um, it's just, some are quite legitimately inspirational with just their, um, their good deeds. And <laughs> it's just fun. It's a, a lot of fun, silly people and adorable, um, goofy little pugs. Like, I mean, and you're, you're seeing, I mean, like dogs are always popular, but you know, with the whole, you know, different, you know, viral, like dog accounts, like are are just it's it's a fun way for stressful times it's a fun place to be very true all right i'm gonna segue a little bit because i had said Um, at the front that you are the patron saint of our show and what i mean by that is that um a little over a year ago i was at the breathe christian writers conference and um you presented a monologue before the keynote speaker uh, that I listened to and was just sitting there. I'm like, I could listen to this all day. Like this is, this is so intriguing to me, like on a profound level, but it's also so humorous to me um, that I was like, this needs to be a show. Like this needs to be something. And at that point I didn't know what, and then, you know, fell in love with podcasting and all of that. So I, why don't you describe a little bit what the concept is and how you arrived at that? Well, it, it was, it was really great because, you know, I, I had a book come out and fortunately it got, you know, a lot of support and a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And, but there was this weird thing that, um, it was my memoir, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a woman lady and it was a spiritual memoir about, yeah. Because anytime you have something really awful happen to you, it's a reckoning for your faith. And that wasn't simple to me. Like, um, it was very complicated. So anyway, um, so the reviews, I got people who were pug people, as we've mentioned before, who just, they will buy, they love pug stuff. Mm -hmm. And so if a pug is in the story, they want to read it. Well, at the end of the day, it was my story. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we didn't title it Oliver or anything, you know, but he was in the story, but regrettably, and you know, I had him joke on Instagram that I should have made the book about him, you know, like he, he, you know, recommended that I reconsider the focus, (laughs) which anyway, regrettably, I am the main character and somebody burned my house down and things got a little stressy and that, um, so people who came wanting to just read about a pug, some of them were unhappy. Also, it's a spiritual memoir. So mm-hmm. you had some people who um, were Christians reading it. And so the, you would think, you know, it's a memoir, a nice, you know, nice-ish lady. Um, and her little dog and her daughter rescuing a little dog after some, you know, you would think that some people would come with a certain amount of like compassion. Yeah. <laughs> and um, spoiler alert, some reviewers did not. And so, uh, and it was so passionate. But the thing is, even though some of the, and I got more than, you know, I got a slew of one star reviews. Um, nobody, I, maybe one person talked about my writing. Everything was like the subject content mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and either it was warning people away, um, spiritually and, or, uh, or it was, you know, not enough pug. And so essentially if you boil it down and, and the first time you get a, 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 a poor review, I'm sorry. It's like a, 
it's like you, you're getting shot in the chest, you know, and it's like Adagio for strings is playing in the background. <laughs> like your whole body, like, like it's like you are absorbing, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, and you just like stagger back in every sense, you know, like sometimes physically, mm-hmm. mentally, emotionally. Well, the review that I um, based that we're going to talk, one of them we're going to talk about today and that I based that monologue on was the first one that when I read it, I burst out laughing and it's because this is the credit to good writing. It's curious that oftentimes people critiquing quite vigorously other <laughs> writers, actual published writers mm-hmm. are not the best wordsmiths themselves, <laughs> but they don't let that hold them back. Oh, no. and so this person, the, um, the title of the review, I believe, was Misery, Sadness, and Complaints. Oh, yeah. I edited it in her. She wrote, If You Thrive on Misery, Sadness, and Complaints, which was her ending line, If You Thrive on Misery, Sadness, and Complaints. Well, that, just the um, the rhythm, the, 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 the excellent writing that went into her scathing review of me and my book just made me laugh and... Um, and I, I knew I'm like, oh, here's something because basically at breathe, I just, um, when I open for the keynote, I'm just bringing stories of humiliation because my job is to make people laugh, to warm up the room and humiliation does the job. It's, it's <laughs> ride to laughter. And so my writerly humiliations throughout the years have been my subject matter. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, the title of my talk was misery, sadness, and complaints. And it, it, it was really good for me. Cause it, like I said, it was the first time because eventually with all of them, I got to the point that I laughed about them, you know, mm-hmm. cause some of them were just ridiculous. Some of them, it was just, it's just, Oh, like I have a way of saying describe something to not sound awful about, cause I'm a very <laughs> critical and opinionated person. Mm-hmm. So I have children though. So what I started to, you know, when I would want to be about other things, you know, mm-hmm. blah, 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 I would just cut myself off and say, mm, you know, not my flavor. It's not my flavor. Mm-hmm. And, um, but nobody cut themselves off. On, <laughs> people, people allowed themselves to go in, um, in depth. So that was the, um, origin of, of that talk. And it was, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really proud of that talk. It was, I thought it was really funny. Oh, it it was. And I think there's something universal now to receiving review that wasn't before the internet. Just the fact that comment sections exist. It's so easy to give instant feedback on even like the smallest forms of writing. Um, so when you have something as formal as a full length book out on the internet, like people just, it's no holds barred. Um, to our to our great benefit, but yes, um, yes, that's you're welcome. <laughs> so apparently, that's not what these people intended in g- giving their skating reviews. But I will happily exploit them for entertainment Absolutely. purposes. Absolutely, you gotta you gotta laugh or cry. <laughs> oh, wow. Some of us have to do both. <laughs> Some of them I have laughed 
so hard I have cried. There are some, yeah. there are some gems. But, but out there. that's you on the outside. Like it's true. It's true. It is not my work. That's 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 the regrettable difference. You know. Oh yeah. Like no, I can understand that. So it's, it's good to get to the point where you can laugh, or you know, if it's actual mm-hmm. solid critique, you know, take the critique. But it's rarely, it's rarely that. So what do you think that? was a was there like a moment or a thought that made it helpful for you to move from the tears to laughter like I know you talked about like how how well written the thoughts of our second review that we'll well, talk it was about just so passionate you know and and honestly and and the thing about is um what if you haven't had a book published what you it's just a weird thing, you know, being a creative person anyway, just the, the balance of, uh, extreme self-doubt and, and, and this, this, um, undergirding of confidence because you're doing it because on some level you think you're good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but then it's the continual self-doubt. And then if anybody has been through a, um, traditional, uh, publishing, it's a bit of a gauntlet and you've, you know, you've maybe, um, you've, you've edited it and you've re-edited it and then it's been copy edited. So like every single, uh, space has been, um, established mm-hmm. and you lose all perspective. And so you honestly aren't sure how good it is until, mm-hmm. and that's the good thing about when you start getting reviews from people who don't know you. And, and, and it's, and, um, it's respectable or, um, uh, you know, like to, like I got a, I got a publisher's weekly of, of positive, which in the industry is a really good thing, but also it's, okay, that's someone who is coming to this, just looking at the writing and just looking Mm -hmm. at it as a book. They're not bringing all the biases we all bring. And and, I mean, they're human, but anyway. Mm -hmm. So all that to say, it's, it's a process, but yeah, this, this, the one review that you're going to read, it was just a gift. It was just a gift. It's so <laughs> hilarious and passionate and yes. scathing, but <laughs> well-written. Like if you, if you're going to eviscerate me, you write it well and, and, <laughs> and I will honor you, ma'am. So yeah, it was just hilarious from the get-go. Yes. Ah, no, I love it. So we're going to start. So we will get to the review that we've been talking about this whole time. But I do have one before this. So when I am looking for bad reviews to discuss with our guests, I'm usually looking for a few different things. I, in my opinion, and I know different people feel different things about reviews. I think ultimately a review on a book retailer's website is meant to inform other readers, help them judge if the book is a good fit for them or not. So I think it's helpful to provide, you know, what your expectations were, how they were or were not meant. Um, what, what the quality of the writing may be. Um, and so, and granted, this is all opinion when it's a bad book review. I think it's either, it's unhelpful. It goes into, you know, hyperbole that makes it difficult to judge if, you know, how, how invested they are in that book, if they're a little too much so or not enough. So that's kind of my thought process when I'm searching for these. So the first one I have is entitled 
my wife is reading this book and is on chapter dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Received one star. <laughs> and so here we go. Yeah. My wife is reading this book and is on chapter 12. This book is more about coping with the loss of a house fire than about any pug. If you get to chapter 12 and there is still no pug and there are only 50 pages left, then the book should be renamed. I give this book two paws down. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So to give some context, chapter 12 is about at the halfway point of the book. So, so there's I mean, more. It was actually, there was more than 50 pages left, sir. <laughs> Trust me. I know far more about the length of my book. No. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah, it was funny because uh, I really had to um, negotiate the title of the book and um, mm. called The Pug List because that was mm -hmm. um, motivational journal my daughter kept while she was um, – uh, leading her capital R relentless capital C <laughs> campaign to rescue a pug after our fire. And so, but ultimately it is my book about rebuilding and um, mm -hmm. it's asking profound spiritual questions, uh, mm -hmm. but, not, but in a very entertaining sort of way, <laughs> some, um, <clears throat> but it was my story. And so when at first, when, you know, when you're titling the pug list was my working title of the book. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I also, you have to be flexible and, uh, but I, I did really, really make a, um, an argument that it could not in any way look like the book was about Oliver. Like you, if you have the fortune to have a dog in your story, you, you don't want to hide that under a bushel. Like you want to mm -hmm. have that little face on the cover. <laughs> you want to have, and especially if it's a pug book, you definitely want pug in the title. You know, <laughs> you want to let, yes. but you know, it, it was, he was a part of the story, you know, and, and it was about my family and it was about rebuilding. And so that was really mm -hmm. important to me because at the end of the day, I don't want people who don't, you know, I, I'm a reader. I've been down that road where mm -hmm. effusive praise, it doesn't hold up for me, you know? So I, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a reader first. And so I, I definitely relate to that, but yeah, it was, yeah. Well, to your credit, dogs have four paws and Thank this you. only got two down. Yeah. Not yeah. all four are down. Those other two are those other two, like, Hey, she, she was a decent writer. Not enough. Of, it was all about her. <laughs> I, I mean, that's very possible, except that like this reviewer isn't the one who's actually reading the book, know, which is probably my favorite part out of all yeah, of this. It was great. So, I mean, we don't know. Maybe this person's wife got on and gave up all four, four paws up. Four paws up. We can hope. Like those yeah. two paws are just dangling in the, you know, in the, um, what is it? The internet, the what sphere, the blogosphere, the yeah, it's out there in the air. We can yeah. hope. I think that's what's going on. Until he edits it, I'm going to hope that those other two paws were like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's okay. It's okay. It was an okay book, not enough plug. Yeah, like it's like it's just on the line. Fifty, you you had like fifty percent positive. Yep, I'm going fifty percent. I'm going. Yes. Okay. The moment we've all been waiting for. This is it. Okay, so this is a review entitled, as we said before, If You Thrive on Misery, Complaints, and Sadness. Yeah. I, this book is for you. Two exclamation points yeah. as well yeah. on that. Yes. So this is this is a one star. Yep. 
So verified purchase though. So there's that. Okay. If your book title is The Pug List, it should be mostly about your little pug and its foibles. This book is about the ups and downs of a particular woman's life. Very little dealt with the pug. I cannot give voice to the absolute disappointment that this book was on so many must-read lists. What a downer ending. If you thrive on misery, complaints, and sadness, this book is for you. Yeah, I forgot. I did edit her. I did. I did editing. But well, I think what I really what I really admired was the verb usage, because, you know, if you love but no thrive, thrive is just even bigger than love. It's like life energy. You get your energy. But um, yeah, I I sold them. I sold her a bill of goods and all those people who recommended it. I'm so sorry. It wasn't just disappointing. It was an absolute. Yeah. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to water that down. I don't want to water that down. Yeah. Yeah. So passionate about, you know, and then the downer ending, um, actually ends on hope. The hope is the, uh, is the, uh, Maybe, maybe she knows my family personally and she's got maybe. to tell, uh, which would <laughs> widen the scope, but um, we all get to cope. So, yeah. Well, I think if we're comparing the beginning to the ending here, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I definitely thought the arsonist burning down your house was, was the downer, but it was, it was really, um, it was, it's quite interesting and telling how many people, uh, just, that was not, and it was like, it just happened to be part of the plot for them. And it really brought things down. And I'm like, yes, sir, it did. Let me tell you. And, but but the, the thing that's so hard is, I mean, what my concern was, because I don't tell the whole story. And I mean, like, mm-hmm. awful things that I don't put in the book kept happening. Mm-hmm. And I don't, like, I just give you a taste of mm-hmm. how hard it was. And, and my concern, I actually wrote my editor and said, like, is Allison the character? Cause I don't refer to myself in the, um, third person. <laughs> I, usually I like, am I sympathetic enough? Mm-hmm. Because there's so much I'm not telling because it's just mm-hmm. like a fist, you know, a punch to the face, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then just privacy and all the yeah. reasons why you don't tell the whole story. Um, and I said, do I have them? It's somebody burned my house, well, set my house on fire while we were in it. And, you know, they assured me, oh yeah, well, well, I guess we did not. <laughs> like for some, it was just like, uh, you know, just part of the story and part of the crappy story. So it, it was, just, it's just funny how, you know, like I was a little kid and I remember, um, watching cartoons, like having my brother explain to me real people. And cause I was saying something, I was really little and I was making fun of this guy on television. And I think my mom corrected me and I, and I, and I, I had in my mind Barney rubble, you know, and, and she explained to me, no, that's a real person. Like it's not a cartoon. And that's when I understood that, you know, that was this moment. And, and a lot, I think a lot of people need to be reminded of that. And, and I'm not saying mm-hmm. my reviewers need to know I'm a woman. <laughs> I've hurt guys. I've hurt profoundly. Not that, but you know, just, I think in general, that's the sign of our times. There's mm-hmm, disconnect. Mm-hmm. 
But anyway. But we do acknowledge that. So, I mean, some people apparently thrive on that. They do. They do. So I hope, I hope those people who do will pick up a copy of the pug list. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Bringing endorsement. (laughs) If we're going by golf scoring. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. I mean, Publishers Weekly gives starred reviews and that only has one star on it. So, yeah. So, I mean, if you think about it, this really is like, she's really trying. I mean, based off my definition of a good review, maybe I went against my own rules. A publicist. I should. Yes. She's really trying to find that audience. Like she's trying to connect the right people with the right book at the right time. That is the thing as a reader. um, I know you wanted me to bring like a constructive um, Mm -hmm. review. And I did not, but I bought, I bought, <laughs> that's, fine. Honest, that's fine. Well, I'm working on my second book and I just don't need to be rifling through my, uh, <laughs> even though, you know, I'm so, so detached now and above it all, you know, I just, I don't, I don't need to go in there. Cause like one of the reviews talked about what an awful mother I was and just her heart, oh, gosh. her heart broke for those poor children. And oh. I, honestly, that was devastating. Cause that's the hard thing about writing a memoir. You're, mm-hmm. you're, it's your own life and yeah. that you're offering up. It, well, and not just yours, but you and your loved ones are all loved ones that you very yeah. carefully. And if you're committed to not writing a hashtag inspirational hashtag blessed hashtag grateful, um, <laughs> if you're, if you want to write a true story, sometimes, sometimes you're not going to behave um, as, as, as a hundred percent you know, godly woman, wonderful mother, you know, like, and, and, and I let myself be the fall guy, you know, like Mm -hmm. I, I, I presented my family, the feedback I got was, oh, it sounded just like, you know, it sounded just like I could just hear it in my head, you know, the people who actually knew my family, Mm -hmm. but I let myself be the fall guy in my own book, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so with those sort of things where it was like, I mean, most of them, by the next day I could laugh about it, but mm-hmm. some of them like that one that attacked, yeah. like, but then even then I got to the point where I could laugh about that one too. Cause it was just like this, just picturing this reviewer somewhere, just crying her eyes out for my poor children, you know? And I, I shared it with a writer's group and one of the people said, forgive me. Isn't the entire book about you trying to take care of your kids and listen to their needs? Like, isn't the entire <laughs> point of the book? Like, you get that dumb, not totally housebroken dog, you know? We love, by the way. But, so, but what I did, what I did appreciate as a reader are the ones that pointed out. They're like, if you're looking to read this book and you're wanting to read a happy little story about a pug, this isn't the book for you. It is mm-hmm. a book about a very human person going through distressing times mm-hmm. and, and a pug is a part of that story, you know? And, and so that it's like, I don't want people, cause you know what? We all look for different, you know, mm. I, I, I always approach as a reader. So I actually, as a reader, will go look at the negative reviews and then mm-hmm. sometimes there'll be someone that I feel like is my, you know, kindred spirit, you know, they'll describe mm-hmm. it and they'll, and I'll realize, okay, this isn't the book for me. Cause I, I've had that with really um, popular books that everybody loves and it's just not a fit for me. It doesn't feel real, mm-hmm. even though it's a novel, you know, like I want it yeah. to have that, like, I believe this, even if it's a ridiculous setup, I want mm-hmm. a book that I believe, you know, where I'm like, yeah. this, 
this voice is so strong and um, so true. So those are the sort of reviews, even if they were basically warning or yeah, that I, I appreciated or even, you know, like the thing that makes it a little bit more complicated is, you know, for those of us in the Christian book market and this book is a spiritual memoir. And so you got people and to be honest, it's the people who got free copies, you know, for review mm-hmm. who were buying it. And, um, and that's a different demographic, you know, and there are a part of that, um, within the Christian demographic, you've got the much smaller group who they want a very simplistic, this is what happened. I trusted mm-hmm. the Lord and it paid off. And, you know, they wouldn't say it in mm-hmm. those crash terms, but that's really what, um, what they're looking for. And there's not a lot of room for, you know, uh, living in the question, if you will, or just, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes we can't, we can't put a bow on awful yeah. experiences. Sometimes they're awful. They're just awful. Mm-hmm. And people suffer and lives are changed. And, and God is with us. And it's hard. I I think you're onto something really intriguing in this about that idea of complexity. Um, and as like, I mean, this is, we've, this is our season finale. So, I mean, in our episodes up to this point, that's what I've seen a lot of is that in these one and two star, very like black and white negative reviews, yep. um, there's not, there's not room for complexity like that's not taken into account and I think that's intriguing when we talk about things that we don't particularly enjoy or aren't the most comfortable for us to take in we often just like edit out the complexity in our heads like it's bad that's the end of it um, so I think it's interesting that you bring that up because because life is complex and when you're writing about life when you when you literally are writing about your life and your experiences, even as you're, you know, trying to simplify and you're not, not exposing too much, you know, you still have to bring in complexity for it to be that story that is believable, but also that story that's relatable, that's resonant with the reader. Um, I think that's, I don't know. I think that's huge. Well, and sometimes it's a longer road. I think the thing that having someone set my house on fire taught me was that um, it was such an education in mm. the need for time, you know, and how mm. you might feel about an experience may shift with time. Meaning to say things sometimes get harder, you know, before they mm. get better. And we might have mm. a really inspiring and um, amazing spiritual response to a tragedy mm. at the beginning that as we mm. walk it out and live with it, it becomes harder and less inspirational for everyone involved. And, and um, that doesn't mean that you're not going to end well. Um, but it just, it really taught me a lot um, going mm. through this because I'd already been through lots of hard times and I honestly thought this wasn't going to be that hard, but regrettably it was. And, mm-hmm. and it, it made some profound shifts. Um, this was in the earlier when people weren't talking about trauma much. People are, we're always a little one step ahead of, of things and um, to my regret and trauma is much more commonly understood. And um, 
I have been an, an educator and, and, and I'm glad for that, but yeah, kind of the whole personal experience was, it was hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And lots of people, but here's the thing. Lots of people, most people won't have their house burned down, but lots of people go through loss and, and, and pain. And, and really my book is, there's lots of humor in it. There's lots of funny things. Cause I'm a funny person and that's the way I view the world and process things mm-hmm. is and make myself laugh about it. But really it's a primer on how to mourn. And, mm-hmm. um, and that was really important to me. Uh-huh. And sometimes when you're mourning something, you're in the middle of it and it's not over. And mm-hmm. Most of us are in situations that they're not over and it's hard and we want them to be wrapped up, mm-hmm. but they're not. Mm-hmm. So that's, I, I, I'm, I'm proud of that. I've gotten, I've gotten feedback that means so much to me because that's what I wanted. I wanted to invite mm-hmm. people yeah. in and, and simultaneously, I joked that I, you know, my, my goal was to make it the funniest memoir about arson, you know, and, <laughs> and, uh, as if, you know, it's a category, but, um, but I really wanted to invite people into looking at their own life and mm-hmm. the sorrows and losses and mourn them rather than minimize them, just mourn mm-hmm. them. And I've gotten feedback from different people in different things, you know, painful losses and deaths and mm-hmm. it it helped them it helped them further on their journey oh, and i i think you do it very well in a culture that's obsessed with with happiness and comfort um i think that you your story really latches onto something really important in that understanding that like being in the middle of something is okay um and that there's, there's value in that and that there are, I think ultimately what you get at in this book is that, you know, there are, there are things that come along, those little pinpricks of light that are just kind of, you know, that little wink from God that it's going to be okay eventually, maybe not soon. But, and I think that's, I think that's what we're all looking for is a little bit of hope, um, in the midst of those seasons, because we all have those seasons. Yeah, exactly. And even if this situation, this particular situation, is never okay, mm-hmm. yourself, you're you're eventually. But I, the important thing to me, for me, is to be acknowledging that it's okay for you to not be okay yeah. right now. Thank you so much, and thank you for joining us. For those of you listening, we're so grateful that you joined us on the Bad Book Reviews podcast. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Be sure to check out the pug list. We'll link to the book in show notes. You can check out Allison's world at allisonhodgson.com and follow her on Instagram at allisonhodgsonbooks and Twitter at hodgsonallison. You can also follow Oliver on Instagram at the Real Pug Oliver, following his adventures as well as a pug named Cat and Jack. And you can follow me on Instagram at ALDeweese and on Twitter at Books from Bohemia. If you want to contact us at the show, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at BDRpodcast at apricotservices.com. You can follow the show at Apricot Services on Instagram and Twitter. The Bad Book Reviews podcast is a production of Apricot Services. This episode has been made possible by sound engineer Peyton Verse, digital producer Peter Ford, and executive producer Alexis DeWeese.